Welcome to our Frontline City Church podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. Let's just stand and give God thanks for 10 years. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lord Jesus, Father, we remember every single miracle. We remember every challenge. We remember every day of pain and every day of joy. And we say, thank you, Lord Jesus, for 10 years. Thank you for people that you've touched. Thank you for lives that you have changed. Thank you for just being with us for 10 years. Lord God, we look forward to an incredible next 10 years. In Jesus' name, amen. Ah, sure. <laughs> you may be seated, praise God. Sorry, the people joked already at the back that oh, there might be a few tears today. Um, but this is an exciting time. We were <coughs> at a prophetic conference here in Ramsach in 2005. We were living in Port Elizabeth at the time. Our church there just bought its first property, and we were so excited about what God was doing there. And we come here, and God says, it's time for you to come and work here. Well, one of the most difficult decisions of our life, and one of the most costly decisions of our life, but also one of the greatest decisions of our life. And it took a few years from then until we actually started Frontline. We, we tried anything to partner with anybody else so that we didn't have to take the front role. We wanted to support somebody, let them take the front role, and we just sat back and support them. And somehow in November of 2011, we started a home sale in our home in Reimsach. And yeah, you've just seen the history of it. I won't go into it. But I want to say, Frontline, that the prophecies that you've just seen is over a few years, and there was more, but we don't necessarily have them all on tape so ready. But through years and years and years, God has made promises to Frontline. God has again and again said that something is going to happen. And when you now put them all together and you see how they work together, and they were given over a period of many years by different people, not in the same service or the same a conference, every time somebody comes up here, they might not have been here for some of the other times, they speak the same thing, that God is going to do something. And uh, Nikki Jr. that administered there, or Pastor Nikki van der Westhuizen, when he spoke in May about us having our own property, it was totally impossible. There was just no plan or nothing to do it. And then in June, we made an offer on the promises, a premises, and as we stand here today, it is fully paid for. All the money is in the lawyer's trust account. And I don't know how to say thank you to God, because I could not even imagine it. Sometimes God says, I do more than what you can imagine. And um, we have given notice here for end of January in this premises. It's by faith that everything will be in place and that transfer will happen early in January um, so that we can take up our new thing. But it is what is happening in the physical 
I believe God is doing in the spiritual in each of our lives as well. It is not about the building. It's not about the place. It is about people. And the only reason that we've trusted God for a new place is that we believe there needs to be more people in here and we don't want to spend more money on somebody else's premises. This premises, we've spent more than a million rand on getting it to this stage of where it is today. And we're going to hand it over to somebody else to give it back. But now when we go to our own place, currently it's not better than this. <laughs> currently it's in quite a state. But praise God. When, this, when we came here, this was a shed. I always tell the story, I drove my car in here because there was doors open and there were plants growing that was higher than my 4x4, four four, wow. right here on the, um, uh, the place. There was no carpets in it or anything. And if God could have done this in a rented promise, premises, what is he going to do when we have our own premises? Uh, so I'm going to deviate a little bit from our celebration and talk about us in this time there is a lot of things happening with new COVID strains and things like that. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about that and what is God saying to us in this time. So we're going to start in Ephesians 6, such a well-known scripture. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So you have to know that it's not always going to be easy. God is telling you, put on the armor because you're in a fight. He wouldn't tell you to put on the armor if you're already in heaven. Okay? To be able to stand against the wall of the devil. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness of heavenly places. Do not blame the government for the problems we're having related to COVID. I'm not saying they're doing everything right, but understand that there's principalities and powers out there to destroy you and your family in this time. And you have to fight on a spiritual level at this time. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand, stand. Okay, guys, this is a time when you as Christians have to stand. You have to declare clearly over your family, understand that the devil is out there. You say, how do I use this time to hurt somebody, to destroy a family, to make somebody so sick that they can't function in their role? We have all been stolen. Of, we've been sick for two weeks, and we're not 100% better yet, but we are getting better. It's not COVID, don't worry. But uh, we have tested it even more than once because we thought it, it might be the way it looked like. But I want to tell you, this is a time when there's a shift of anointing. Up to now, the Church of God and Frontline also has operated under a Moses anointing. I've got scriptures where God said to me, treat my people like Moses treated his people. And I was all excited about that word. And it says, you've got to bring the people out of slavery into freedom. And there's been a process and a word consistently bringing people out of slavery into freedom. 
But God says, I'm shifting that now over Frontline and over the Church of South Africa, saying you have to operate in a Joshua anointing. Under the Moses anointing, they could never take the promised land. They could come out of slavery, but they then got stuck in the wilderness. And I see Christians that have come out of slavery and they've given up on the things of the world and they've made a shift, but it's half a shift. It's not a shift into the fullness of what God has. It is a shift out of slavery into the wilderness. Who's feeling like you're in the wilderness? Am I the only one? That's a bit tough out there currently. Things aren't working the way that's supposed to work. I'm struggling to make things work. And especially in the wilderness, you don't, can't put roots down and you can't plant and sow. You have to survive on miracles like manna, just enough for today. That just gets me through this day. I don't know how to get to tomorrow because I can't worry about tomorrow. God only supplies for today. That is a wilderness time. Now, when you move into the promised land, you can plant and sow and reap, and there's a growth period. And God says, frontline, shift from a Moses anointing into a Joshua anointing. Let's look at a little bit of Joshua. After the death of Moses, and I'm not dying, don't worry, but there's just an anointing that's changing. Moses, my servant, is dead now. Then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give you to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you shall set your foot. You heard Pastor Urian saying that wherever we put our foot is given it to us. And I remember the first time we went to the new property, um, myself and Ashley went to look down. The next time me and Michael went to look. And we looked around and we just knew this is home. It didn't look nice. It's a mess. But we just knew it is home. It is what God has given to us. Every place on which your foot shall tread, I've given it to you as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend <coughs> from the desert to the Lebanon and from the great river Euphrates, all of the country. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. This is a time to occupy. What Satan is doing with Christians that I'm seeing is that there's a fight to occupy and there's a fight to survive. And we've all got stuck on the fight to survive. We've all got, how do I just get through today? Can I be honest with you? When we left on the New Bethesda trip, it was such a faith process the whole, the whole trip. We left here with only enough petrol in our car to get to New Bethesda. We said, okay, God, we're throwing ourselves on you. There's no money in the church's account. There's no money in, well, there was quite a big amount in the church's account, but I'd be in quite serious trouble if I touched that. But um, there was just enough money to get to New Bethesda. There wasn't enough money for food. There wasn't enough money for anything. But we drove all the way there and back and got supplied along the way. When we got to Joburg, we had enough fuel left for 30 kilometers in our car. And we were getting a bit nervous on the way back. 
But I understand that this is a time when the fight for survival will stop you from stepping into your destiny. And I'll rather take the chance and say, God, I'm going. And if I run out of petrol and I stand somewhere and I've got to say, help me, I'm really stuck, then I'll do it because I have to trust my God in this time. And I will not get stuck in the fight for survival. And it will stop us from taking that which we have to take. This is a time of occupation even though Satan wants to keep you busy with survival. Occupy, occupy, occupy. Let's jump down to the end of verse 8. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I have not commanded you be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Oh, yo, 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 yo. Then the Lord said to Joshua, tell the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you'll cross the Jordan yeah, to go and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you for your own. Get ready, frontline. Expect your situation to change. Expect a move from the wilderness into the promised land. God will never share his glory. There was a time when our family was going well and we thought we'd be able to buy the building for the church and we'd be able to do it and sort of like say, God, we don't need you. <laughs> you know what? God then takes you and says to you, okay, when you have nothing, then I'm going to show you who I am. When you are at an absolute fighting to a survival, then I'm going to do the big things. Because there's no way of saying that it's you. Nobody in the world can say, yeah, but they've got a pastor that's got a big business or this or that. It is God and God alone. Yes, he uses people. Yes, he uses situations. But God loves showing who he is. God will never share his glory. You see, Gideon was the son of an influential man, but he had taken such knocks that we all know that he was hiding in the threshing floor. And um, let's read from Judges 6, verse 11. One day the angel of God came and sat down under the oak in Ephra and belonged to Joash the Abizat, whose son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress. Out of sight of the Midianites, the angel of God appeared to him and said, God is with you, O mighty warrior. So here's this man that's hiding away, that is so tired of being under attack, that has taken so many knocks that he's hiding while working. He's actually a nobleman's son, but he's taken so much knocks, he's hiding away. And God comes and says to him, oh mighty warrior. And I want you to hear today here, I don't, not that I don't care, that's the wrong word. I, I'm not phased by how many knocks you've taken. God is saying to you, God is with you, oh mighty warrior. God is saying it to me, he's saying it to Frontline, he's saying it to the church of God worldwide. Oh mighty warrior, God is with you. Oh. Gideon replied, with me, my master, if God is with us, why has all this happened to us? Haven't we sometimes felt like that in these times? 
Why? If God is this big God of miracles, why am I ill? If God is this big God of miracles, why did my business close? If God is this big God, then why is the church not in everything sorted out? We ask God, why is it like that? This God, this miracle wonders that our parents and grandparents told us about. Didn't God deliver us from evil? Egypt, the fact is, God has nothing to do with us. He's turned us over to Midian. So Gideon had lost all hope. Gideon is not even praising God anymore. He's saying, God has got nothing to do with us. We're on our own. There's nobody who cares. There's nobody that's going to help us. But God faced him directly and he said, Go in the strength that is yours and save Israel from Midian. Have I not just sent you? I want to tell to everybody in Frontline who's taken knocks. Who's taken knocks to your faith. Who's taken knocks to your humanity. Who's taken knocks to your being. God says, I've sent you. And he's saying, go in your strength. Even if you're saying, I've got nothing left. Even if you say, I've got nothing to do. In chapter 7, and I'm not going to read it for now. We know the story well. He, Gideon then gathers a big army of about 20,000 people with him, and he's ready to go into war. And God says, no, 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 no. I'm not going to share my glory. Cut this army down from 20,000, first to 10,000, and eventually to 300. God sometimes cuts us down so that it can be seen who he really is. And I don't mind if God cuts me down if he still takes me to the victory. Because God wants to show who he is, and he doesn't want you to do it in your own strength. Because he says, they'll forget who I am when they operate in their own strength. Sure. This is a time we need to all have that Gideon anointing. I'm not even being prophetic. I'm just watching what the news and everybody says. It's going to get tougher in the next while. If you watch the news for the last three or four days, South Africa went from 100 to 200 cases to 3,000 cases in three or four days, and it's exponentially rising every single day. I'm not here to fear monger or to make us scared. I'm just telling you this is the facts of where we are now. All indications are that this wave is the worst wave that has been on South Africa before. Now, I can't lie here to you and say, well, it's all going to be fine. Don't worry about it. I'm saying you have to rise up. This is an evil day. And Satan is saying, how do I destroy people in this time? And you need to know that you have a Joshua anointing. You need to know that you have a Gideon anointing. You need to stand up and say, Satan, you can do your best. But I know God has got some plan for me. You need to put on the armor of God and operate in that place. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 to 11 says this. Keep a cool head. But stay alert. Don't hide your head in the sand and say there's nothing happening. Stay alert. Stay careful. We have increased our COVID precautions here. We are making stronger. Not because we're scared. But because God says be alert. We are expecting that Satan is not happy with the revival that's happening at this time. 
in front line and everywhere, and we're putting on our armor. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. Keep your guard up, frontline. This is a moment of occupation. This is not a moment of survival. This is a moment where there's two fights happening. Here is survival, and there is occupation. Don't think that while you're fighting to survive, you can't occupy. You can occupy what God has got for you in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of the challenges. Oh, Shendaranaka. You're not the only ones plunged into these hard times. It's the same with Christians all over the world. It's not Hannah's 1 verse 1, it's 1 Peter 5. <laughs> You're looking at me as if I'm bringing bad news. It's the same with Christians all over the world. So keep a firm grip on the faith. The suffering won't last forever. Amen. Whatever you're going through, it's not going to last. It's not going to last. Say with me, it's not going to last. It's not going to last. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. It won't be long before this generous God who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. He gets the last word. Yes, he does. Oh, oh, he's going to get the last word. He's going to get the last word. This is your time of shifting. Every single crisis in the world has brought a time of promotion. Heroes are not made in nice, safe times. This is a time for you to step up and be a hero. This is a time for you to understand that we are at war and God is going to do something incredible in this time. God is the one who's going to have the last word. Oh, Shendaranakashu. We are in the time that they call the fourth wave. We'll keep our cool head and we'll stay alert. We won't give the devil any chance to take a stronghold. Don't let your guard down and don't become presumptuous. Church, can I correct something that I see in our church for a second? Be very careful of just repeating words on Facebook that is built on, not on Jesus, that's built on the power of positive thinking. That's just a positive statement that's not based on Jesus, okay? That you'll get confused if you have too many words running all over the place. You need to hear what is God saying and declare what God is saying, not every second person on, on Facebook. Social media has got a good place and God can speak and will speak through it. But separate between what is from the flesh and what is from God. Don't just repeat every word. Saying, is this in line with what God has told us as a church? Is this in line with what God has told us as a family? And then repeat it, and repeat it not in any other name but in the name of Jesus. Don't get involved in the power of positive thinking. It is a false religion, and it will get you into trouble. Yes, a good attitude will help you. Yes, being positive is a good thing. But our faith is not in our positivity. Our faith is in Jesus. Because there will be days that you're down, and then that thing won't carry you. The only thing that will carry you on both your down days and your up days is a word from Jesus. 
Let Jesus speak to you. God has great plans. He is going to put you on your feet. He's going to get the last word. I want to touch on something about frontline calling in this time. Last week, we inaugurated Pastor Wendy into a chapel in the police chaplain. Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to get my words right in, in what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm really messing it up. Oh, well done, chapel. Um, <laughs> Pastor Wendy, as a chaplain in this area. Now, church, I've often spoken that because we have been called as an apostolic and prophetic couple, you are called into an apostolic prophetic church. So it changes who you are. And as Pastor Wendy is stepping into her role as a chaplain in the area, there's a certain authority that comes with it, and it brings the whole of Frontline into another level of authority. There's two things that work together. There's anointing and there's authority. And some young guys can go into an area with a lot of anointing and do miracles and so on, and it's wonderful, but very little of that fruit stays standing because there's no authority behind it. They weren't sent by an apostolic thing, and they're not recognized by the churches of the area. But what God is doing, and it's absolutely miraculous and absolutely confirming prophetic, Pastor Wendy will tell you, that he is expanding <coughs> excuse me, our authority so that our anointing has a deeper effect and a longer-lasting effect. And we could see it in New Bethesda. When we were there before, we were not there as apostles in October 2019. Now, two years later, we go there in another role, and the anointing is the same. But the authority is completely different because God has shifted us. And God is saying, I'm going to take every single one of you and shift your authority. Not only shift your anointing, not, but shift your authority. Okay? Um, let's look at Ephesians 2 to explain it a little bit better. Uh, verse 19. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. That's when the people were under Moses, they were wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much a right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home and he's using us all, irrespective of how we got here in what he's building. God is building something in your life, in your church's life, and in the church globally. So I talk about frontlines process, but understand that parallel to that is your journey, Frontline's journey, and the church as a whole's journey. So God's saying, yeah, I don't know how you got here. doesn't matter which of the three he's talking about. Let's talk about Frontline. So some of you got here 10 years ago, and some of you got here 10 months ago or 10 days ago. But you got here. Now he's using you. Fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God. All of us built into a temple in which God is quite at home. You see, 
it isn't something that we're doing on our own. He's making, we heard how many times in those prophecies, God is making room for you. We have been speaking that in Frontline since the first day we opened. God gave us a scripture in Genesis 26 that I have made room for you. So anybody that walks into this door, if I can get to speak to each one, I would say, God has made room for you so that he can build you in brick by brick. Not into the building that's being built, but into the temple that's being built by people. And he's taking each one and he's building you into what he's got here. God is doing something very specifically by increasing the authority while increasing the anointing. We are fighting on two levels. I've said that. We're fighting to survive and we're fighting to occupy. Don't get so busy with your survival fight that you forget to occupy. Because, let me try and explain it like this. A farmer goes through a drought. And he suffers in that time. He loses some animals. He loses a crop. He suffers. But in that time, he realized, oh, when it was going well, that we had a river running here, and we could just get water, and we were okay. But we better build a dam during the good times so that when the next drought comes, we have got a supply. So the drought actually brings a creativity that helps you through the next drought. In the times of difficulty, God can show you things which he can't show you in the times of good times. In the times when you are struggling, you can experience the reality of Jesus more than any other time. And so what I want you to say is, you've got to say to yourself, I won't let any hard time be wasted. I will take every hard time and I'll receive something out of it because it's a time of occupation. It is a time of not only surviving this drought, I've got to think, how do I do better next time? How do I grow in the next thing? And everything we go through, there is a, a strategy in it. There is something to raise you up. Things that you're struggling with is the very thing that God's going to use you in. The very thing that is your calling, it'll be your struggle. The very thing God says, I'm going to anoint you to set people free from addiction. Now you're struggling with addiction yourself. Why? So that you can tell the next person, you know what? Those days when I couldn't move and I couldn't think and I couldn't even breathe if I didn't have this. And it held me so captive that for so many years... I was part of my life, and I couldn't do anything else. And they'll believe you better than somebody that's never had a cigarette in their life before, or never taken any drugs, or never have been stuck with alcohol. So whatever is your struggle becomes your weapon. Your very thing that you think can't be overcome becomes the very thing that you're going to help others to overcome in. If you overcome sickness... And you've struggled with it, and it's taken time. You will mean more for other sick people than somebody who just got healed with one prayer, and they were up and going, and it wasn't a struggle. If you've gone through that place where you think nothing works, and you think that 
God doesn't care. And you think that you're not good enough. And you think all the thoughts that we think when we don't have the victory. You can talk to somebody else and say, I know the feeling that you're having. You can take them by the hand in a way that nobody else can take them by the hand. So your journey becomes your very thing that you can offer the world. What is your struggle today? I don't know what each of you struggles with. But whatever you're struggling with, that is what God is doing with you in preparation for reaching other people in that thing. You know, like I said, we were ill and, and we were really difficult time. And Psalm 69 became so real to me. We shared it at the well on Friday. Psalm 69, just it's now my favorite psalm. We're reading from verse 29 because the psalm itself is too long to read it. But as for me, afflicted and in pain, may your salvation, God, protect me. Wow. About Monday or Tuesday of last week when I was so ill, when I'd just come out of hospital, sitting on my bed and I'm battling to breathe and every breath is just burning all the way down and I'm crying out. And he said, he is my salvation, he will protect me. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. And up to there for 29 verses up to there, David was just in trouble. And suddenly he's praising God, and I'm half irritated with him, and I'm saying, David, it's not very real, you know. I don't feel like praising God while I'm sick. I don't feel like jumping up and down. And something I realized, if he could in his struggle start praising God, then I can as well. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with its horns and hooves. The poor will see and be glad. You who seek God, may your hearts live. The Lord hears the needy, and he does not despise the captive people. Sometimes we think we've asked so many times for the same thing that we think God despises us for asking. This scripture said to me, God does not despise when we are needy. God still hears us even when we're in the midst of struggle. Oh, let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and all that move in them. For God will save Zion and rebuild the cities of Judah. The people will settle there and possess it. And it was like I went from the difficulty right into the new premises. Because it says, let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and all that move in them. For God will save Zion and rebuild the cities of Judah. We've got to rebuild that building. We've got to make something out of the difficult buildings. Then people will settle there and possess it. Oh, Lord Jesus. There's a process here that's happening in this difficult time. And I want to declare it that as this difficult time is now in this fourth wave and things are difficult, Hear God in this time. God has got you, and he will see you through, and he'll bring everything under his foot. Everything that you thought there was no answer for, he will see it through, and you will see the victory. You will see the victory. For the next 10 years, if I see what God has done in 10 years' time, then I can't imagine what he's going to do in the next 10. And on one side, the 10 years feels forever. I can't think of a time before Frontline. And another side, it feels like yesterday. 
I have this knowing that God says, I'm building new things and new places and new people into this building. And I'm going to take it in into something more beautiful, something more powerful than what we could ever imagine. There's something happening in the spirit that is much greater than the collective of us all. There's something happening in what God is doing at this time that even if it is difficult, even if it is challenging, then it is greater than anything we can ever imagine. Because God says, I've got you and I am busy taking whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're going through that is, you think is going to be never ending. God says it's going to end. I have a plan, I have a word, and I have a new process for each one of you. I want to pray for you. Won't you just stand up? Worship team, don't you want to just come and do one song for us? And as we do, I'd like you to ask, what is your area of survival? In other words, where is Satan attacking you? And what is your area of possession? Where is the place where you have to trust God for something new, taking on new challenges, doing new things, things that you haven't done before? Can we take the pulpit away? I want you to truly think about the two areas of fight that's in your life at the moment. The one area, you're only just making it. You're holding on by the skin of your teeth. The other area, God says, I'm with you, mighty man, and we are going to into new territory. We're going to take what God has promised us, and we're going to bring both of those areas under God's authority today, and we are going to look to God to take us to a new place. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Our services are streamed live on our Facebook page every Sunday morning at 9.30. For more information and resources, please go to our website www.frontlinecitychurch.co.za or look us up on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.